It's overreaction Tuesday on Locked on Bucks. Chris Milton's back in the lineup, so is he heading for the Hall of Fame? And the Bucks scored 150 points in this game. So are they a top five offense? Uh, I think in the end, uh, they beat the Detroit Pistons. But we're going to talk about it because it's the first time the Bucks were healthy all season long. Uh, what does that mean? And what about Bayan Bogdanovich? Was this man uh, trying to ball out to impress uh, the Milwaukee Bucks? Let's discuss all this and more. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win Monday to Friday, and also find my work over at ESPN. And alongside me, the founder of brewhoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden, for today's episode that is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. We'll have a bit more on that later on. But uh, also, we thank everyone for making Locked On Bucks your first listen or first watch of every day and everyone was a little excited yesterday frank chris milton was probable to play he played 15 minutes tonight so i'm sure everyone if you're a bucks fan at least at the bare minimum seeing this man out on the court is a a nice uh relief along with all the other better players as well they only played the detroit pistons but either way if you are listening to lockdown bucks now and you're feeling a little optimistic as a bucks fan you may as well Continue that optimism and subscribe to Locked On Bucks wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube. Hit the notifications and you'll know when we've got a new show. 150 to 130 is the final in Detroit, Frank. Uh, interesting scoreline here. Uh, the Bucks were healthy. They did score 49 points in the first quarter. They hit another 23-3. So the Bucks all of a sudden in January have gone from just an abysmal three-point shooting team to now seemingly one of the best in the league. So I'm not sure what to make of that, but the Detroit Pistons weren't exactly heavily invested in defending this team today. But nonetheless, you got all the guys back. The Bucs haven't had a win like this in a long time where they dominate really from start to finish. So you got to be at least happy about that. Yeah, I mean, you you, uh, you and Justin, you know, kind of headlined with the Chris return. But I mean, Chris and Giannis. Remember Giannis? He, I think it had been almost two weeks since he last played. So to see both of them on the floor at the same time. And Drew Holiday, obviously, um, has been having to hold down the fort with them gone. Nice to have Drew actually get a little bit of help, um, our hopeful all-star Drew Holiday. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, again, th- this game was, you know, basically out of control from a <laughs> piston standpoint from almost the word go. Um, was, was it 37 to like 10 at one point? Am I making that up? Um yeah, I mean, when Giannis hits the two threes, it kind of was like, all right, sorry, Pistons, like this is this this is just going to be one of those nights. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't think you know there's a lot to take away from, you know, tactically what the Bucks did, didn't do, whatever it might have been from today's game. But um, I mean, just getting your best three players back on the court, and you know, as as you have been quick to point out, yes, the big three have played now with Joe Ingles. So um, it was nice to get everybody back. Unfortunately, Bobby uh, left the game 
in the second half with, uh, I guess it was termed right knee soreness. Looked like he turned his ankle coming down on a, on a rebound situation. Um, I know he said after the game that he said he would, I believe he said he'd be all right, which, uh, you know, that could mean he'll be back in a week or something. Who knows, right? With the way ankle slash joint injuries go, fingers crossed he's fine because obviously, I guess technically the only person who's missing right now is Serge Ibaka, the team chef who is, you know, away from the team and wants to go someplace else. So if, if, if Bobby Portis was, was injured for any period, uh, that would be the one opportunity for, for uh search to actually get some minutes, but apparently that's not in the card. So fingers crossed for Bobby, but, uh, but yeah, just fun to see this team kind of clicking on all cylinders and especially offensively. I mean, 49 points in the first quarter, just every shot seeming to go down. And as you pointed out, I think Justin, I think Justin had the stat that he tweeted out that, uh, the Bucks have hit 193s, I think, in the last 10 games. And I believe that's like the fourth most, I think he said, in NBA history over a 10-game span. <laughs> so, yeah. They, just, they can just settle in the middle if they want. They don't need yeah. to be because I don't want to get back down to the bottom end of the cliff again. I mean, probably no coincidence that that would come with Giannis Hurt because they've had to be like yeah. just totally dependent on three-point shooting when Giannis has been out. Um, but, uh, hey... Um, if they can keep the three-point shooting going now that Giannis is back, that would be even better. You mentioned Giannis lacing his first two threes tonight, uh, and Chris Middleton also hit his first three tonight and finished hit a couple on the evening. Um, so that was nice to see. Chris also had a drive and a lefty finish uh, for his eight points. But you know, I think he admitted you know six turnovers. He definitely had some rust in terms of his floor game. Did have four assists. There was that run. Ah man, just that that one play where Chris did a, uh, had a pick and roll and fed it to Giannis in the middle. And Giannis just immediately was able to go up for a layup. It was like, ah, that's, that's the kind of stuff we've been missing. But, um, but yeah, it's just, you know, it's kind of frustrating, right? Cause it's like his first game back this season against the Lakers, maybe it was his best game of the season. Hmm. He had, I think one or two other games that were maybe close to that. But, um, but again, this stuff is not linear. And, you know, for me, obviously I think we want to see Chris, looking like the old Chris Middleton. That's the main thing that we care about at this point. Um, but especially in the regular season, right? It's about consistency and just again, night to night feeling like he's in shape. He's, you know, feeling fit, not worrying about him getting um, stretched out minutes wise. Obviously tonight didn't have to play all that much. Um, but again, and I, honestly, I, I know you guys were talking yesterday about, you know, why, why they would have him return in this game rather than sit out another game or whatever it might be, or bring him back on Saturday when we originally thought he was going to be back and probably against Detroit, maybe they kind of looked at it and just said, Hey, this is kind of a you know, a little bit easier way to kind of ramp them up. Right. It's basically like a preseason type atmosphere almost, especially with a lot of the injuries that the Pistons have. So um, mission accomplished in that regard. Hopefully they build a little confidence today, get everybody back on the floor. Fingers crossed. Bobby is not going to be out now. Um, and yeah, I mean, you got the Nuggets coming into uh, Milwaukee on Wednesday, right? So if you, if you needed a tune-up, this is what you got tonight, but certainly no tune-up on Wednesday against a team, the caliber of the Nuggets. So um, yeah, job done, 150 points. I feel like we've had a lot of these explosions lately came with these uh, with the three-point shooting, but um, just good to see the Milwaukee Bucks just good to see the actual Milwaukee Bucks on the floor for a change. That that was a, a very nice change of pace relative to kind of the the more limited group version of the group that we've been seeing lately. 
Yeah, Middleton played the the 15 minutes and I, I am curious whether it was more the state of the game, whether they would have tried to push him a little bit more, uh, but maybe not. I, it's, I mean, it seems, and we go off the reports we have, obviously Eric spoke to Chris Middleton a week or so ago. Zora had some stuff tonight on the broadcast, but it does seem like, yes, he's back, but I'll personally feel a little more comfortable if he's not on the injury report for this Denver game or this knee doesn't swell up after this 15 minutes against Detroit. So it still kind of does feel like, okay, Chris is back. This is great. Let's hope he's fine tomorrow. I did see someone tweet that, and this is this is purely uh, Twitter content stuff uh, here, but I did see someone tweet that, gee, Chris is looking slim. And I know we always do this. I don't know. I have no comments on the weight of Chris Milton or the work he's been able to do. But Zora did say in the broadcast, one of the things over the course of the last month, even though he hasn't been playing, he's been working out you know, throughout. Obviously limited at the start as they were dealing with the swelling and stuff. But you get the sense that he's been able to put in a fair bit of work over this month. So yeah, maybe a little bit of rust tonight. Uh, or maybe he was just fitting in with the group. He said, hey, you guys turn the ball over all the time. I'm just going to come in and try and fit in like a glove with my six turnovers. They had 18, uh, 18 overall tonight. I want to ask you about some lineup stuff, though, with this team. As you said, not a lot of takeaways uh, from this game tonight, but more big picture stuff. Uh, after we talk about our friends over at uh, FanDuel, uh, we're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America. Uh, that's FanDuel, of course. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. New customers join today to get started with 150 bucks in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at fanduel.com slash locked on. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props. And if you want to get a little a uh, little bit adventurous there, you can uh, dive into a same game parlay. How about this line that I was just looking at? LeBron James, I think he's around 220 points away from passing Kareem, the all-time scoring total. If you want to predict what game he's going to get that done, you can do so. And it's kind of interesting if you're a Bucks fan. The favorite here in terms of the, the odds is at Staples Center or Crypto uh, versus the Oklahoma City Thunder on the 7th of Feb plus 130. But if you think he's not going to get it there, the Bucks are in town. I don't really want to see them be a part of history, although some people have said, well, Kareem played for Mork. He also played for the Lakers. Maybe this is convenient. I think it's a national TV game. Plus 230 that LeBron gets the job done on February 9th uh, against the Bucks. there. So you can check that out, plus uh, championship odds and everything else at FanDuel.com. Uh, make every moment more with FanDuel, official sports partner of Lockdown. All right, as far as some of this lineup stuff tonight, because we've we've briefly touched on the idea that because we haven't seen uh, all these guys together, and yes, I'm throwing Joe Ingles in the mix, you think at least with the Bucks, as we've said, they don't really have a traditional point guard. They're going to have minimum two guys that can create some offense on the floor at every moment, or they should be able to. If you have Giannis, Chris, Drew Holiday, and Joe Ingles. Tonight we saw actually more than I expected of all four on the floor, sometimes with Bobby Portis, uh, sometimes with Brooke Lopez, and we'll see what happens with Bobby as you pointed to. But how do you think the Bucks ultimately, because you think that they're going to shorten this rotation a little bit. They ended up playing 10 guys in the first quarter uh, tonight with War against some minutes. Javon Carter ended up hitting six threes, but he played uh, plenty as well. It was a weird game. How do you think they mix this uh, together if everyone's healthy, which obviously we hope they are, because 
I think there's some thought that all those four guys can play together and then you either go big or small. But um, I think being able to stagger those guys also makes some sense. Yeah, I mean, I think if we... It's funny, I had the same reaction when I shot Jordan War. I was like, Wait, aren't the Bucks fully healthy? Why is Jordan War playing in the first quarter of this game? And, and obviously, mm-hmm. whatever, you know, the, the score and the situation may have been part of it. But I mean, he still played, right? We, we, we eventually saw... Wes Matthews and, and Marjan Bochamp. We saw a little bit of AJ Green at the very end as well. Um, so we did see those guys. But, uh, you know, I think in terms of, you know, who plays, I mean, uh, the big question I think is obviously, you know, is Grayson Allen going to be on this team past the trade deadline? Um, but I, I think if you just sort of take this team as it stands right now and we kind of just do the math on, you know, who are the the guys that sh- that we'd expect to play, most if not every night um obviously now we can finally say chris middleton well, he, obviously he didn't start tonight right we'll see does he start on wednesday uh, i mean part of me is like i don't know i mean philosophically like if, if even if you're not going to play him a ton of minutes like part of me is like just start him and if you need to pull him early just pull him early uh if you have him on a minutes limit but um but i think the you know if we if we assume at least for now grayson allen is is the starter um, I've obviously made my comments about how I would probably just go with Pat Connaughton as the other starter uh, in part, just because of sort of the playoff, like who, who would you want to see starting slash closing in the playoffs? Like, okay, then let's just get that group the most reps possible. Um, but either way, you know, Grayson, Pat, whatever, however you want to kind of sequence those guys, that's, that's six, Bobby Portis, obviously seven, Joe Ingles, we know, you know, is going to, they're going to do everything they can to get him minutes. He's going to be a fixture in the rotation as well. Um, he's eight. And then I think, you know, from a point guard perspective, um, you know, I, I don't know. I feel like George Hill has been as good as Javon Carter sort of over this, this recent spell when Hill's actually played. Um, but again, we saw, I think evidence tonight, George Hill DNPs. I don't think he was on the injury report. Um, George DNPs. Javon plays and, and shoots the lights out. So shout out to Javon for hitting six out of eight threes. Um, you know, it certainly seems like Bud's um, preference was going to be to play Javon Carter over George Hill as the backup point guard. So that gets you to nine guys right there. And, you know, I think in the playoffs, you're probably not going to play more than nine guys unless, you know, again, there's foul trouble or it's a blowout or something like that. Right. I mean, Bud, as much as people talk about Bud playing lots of guys in the playoffs, he has eventually kind of always gotten down to only playing kind of his best players. And he typically hasn't had, you know, like 11 guys that, that he really wants to play, unfortunately, you know, due to injuries and some other things. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I think that's probably the nine. And I think, you know, notably, I didn't call out Wes Matthews, um, Mm. who obviously I, you know, generally think can, can still play. It was nice to see Wes, come, come in late, hit a couple threes. Um, you know, I still think he's a guy that, that I would trust at least off the bench, um, in certain matchups in particular, especially if you have to play a team like Boston, um, you know, and you just need kind of wing size because, uh, certainly you look at just the guys that you have coming off the bench, you know, as of right now, and we'll see if things change here with some of the trade discussions going on. Um, you know, like I said, I trust Pat defensively, uh, but certainly, you know, most of the other guys are talking about coming off the bench. Um, you know, Javon, obviously a defensive player, but he's small. Uh, Joe Ingles, obviously a smart player defensively, but has his physical limitations. Bobby Portis, obviously 
very much has his limitations defensively. So, um, so yeah, I, I think it's, it's interesting. I mean, again, you just hope that this team can stay healthy for the most part moving forward and you'll have reg- regular random knocks and things like that. Guys are going to be out right um, for random things, things like that, or resting, blah, blah, blah. But uh, you just hope that you avoid kind of the major injuries and, and those types of things that obviously so far the Bucks have not been able to avoid. So I've probably already jinxed it, Kane. So sorry, Bucks Nation. Um, but yeah, I think that's at least that seems what to be what the nine is. And, you know, part of me, again, depending on what happens to trade deadline, like part of me is still just like waiting for Bud to be like, oh yeah, just kidding. I'm actually going to play Wes um, some real minutes at some point. But I mean, if he hasn't, I mean, he hasn't been playing over like AJ Green and Jordan Wara. <laughs> so I don't know, right? I, once we get past the trade deadline, that'll probably tell us a lot just because guys like Wara, um, obviously Grayson Allen, potentially George Hill, you know, Serge Baca, which doesn't really change anything. You know, all those guys, you know, could be used if, for nothing else, salary matching uh, in a potential trade. Um, I think we heard discussions that um, we, we heard. I, I don't know if I, I don't know. I can't remember if we talked about it, but you know, Mark Stein mentioned that there had been the Bucks throwing their four second round pick platter on the table and matching salary for Eric Gordon uh, in Houston. There was, I believe, some discussion today from J- Jake Fisher that a potential three team deal involving Rui Hachimura going to Phoenix, Jake Carter coming to Milwaukee uh, and three second round picks going out from the Bucks. That helps set the price for Hachimura eventually going to the Lakers for three second round picks. Um, so we know the Bucks are continuing to try to do stuff. Um, we heard references of Grayson Allen being in demand from the Knicks. Uh, so we'll see. I, I mean, I think I certainly expect there will be some move before the trade by the trade deadline. Um, but for now, you know, hey, it's nice to what is the trade? Is the trade down two weeks away? Something like that. It's nice. Hey, at least at least we'll get like a tiny little teeny weeny sample maybe of uh, of the Bucks getting their their opening. You know, their their the the team that they put together in the summer. We may actually get to see them a little bit before somebody gets traded at the trade deadline. But um, in the meantime, you know, that's just the nature of of the NBA. And I know we've been waiting forever. It feels like to see this group together. And now obviously, you just cross your fingers that that they can stay healthy and. You know, if there is upheaval that it's a move that, uh, you know, kind of covers up maybe some of the, the remaining weaknesses in the roster. But by getting Chris Middleton back and hopefully the real Chris Middleton, um, that certainly uh, cures a lot of a lot of the problems that that we've been talking about all season with this team. Certainly does. We actually and by the way, I feel a little bit, you know, I, I feel for Grayson Allen. I, I don't know what's going to happen with him. Uh you know, he's very aware, I'm sure, that he's been the guy that's been in all these trade rumors. I assume he would rather play for the Bucks than the Knicks. But, you know, whatever happens on Fed 9, at least there might be some some relief for him. He'll at least know where he's going. But I have to imagine it's hard to play uh, when you know you're in all these rumors, as he has been for the last couple of months. Uh, we also saw a couple of decent dunks from Marjan Bochamp. It was, it was the definition of garbage time. But uh, he, again... He's got that athleticism that not many too, uh, not too many on the Bucks do have. So that was at least fun. From the Pistons now, uh, we love Lisa Byington. It sounded like she was getting a little bit stressed about the uh, 25 point margin at one point in time. Now, in Lisa's defense, uh, we have seen the Bucks cough up some leads in recent <laughs> weeks. So I'm not saying that this was unfounded. 
uh, from Lisa. But part of the reason for the Pistons at least keeping the game at around 20 to 25 points was they did was uh, Boyan Bogdanovich. Now, they were talking about his motivations for playing so well and certainly recently knocking down a bunch of threes. He was 11 for 15 from three, uh, 11 for 15 from the field, six for seven from three, had 33 points. Uh, is he's got, probably not going to be on the Pistons. That's what we suspect. It seems like they might be asking for a price that might be a little bit too exorbitant uh, from the Milwaukee Bucks, but he's an easy shooter. He can knock them down. If if the Bucks could add him some way and have him coming off the bench, I'd be feeling pretty good about it. Yeah, I mean, he. Uh, it's funny. I, and he played with with Brook Lopez, and I, I thought the same thing the last time the Bucks played the Pistons. Like, he he is not afraid of Brook Lopez, and you don't think of Boyan Bogdanovich as being athletic, but maybe it's just because they, you know, practice played together back in the day for a couple of years. But um, yeah, you just feel like he knows how to attack Brook, and obviously we know what kind of shooter he is as well. Uh, he had just another another great game tonight. Had a um, pretty uh, pretty chippy uh, shoulder barge on Giannis that mm. was called a flagrant. It was both a flagrant and a uh, intentional take foul, which I, that, I've not seen that before. That may, Maybe that's the first time in NBA history that you get an intentional uh, take foul. That's also a flagrant. So Grayson Allen got to shoot it. Cause you can pick who shoots a take foul uh, shot and he got to take two and then they got to keep the ball. So a little bit of, you know, random trivia that we got to see tonight, but, uh, but yeah, he was, you know, very good um, tonight again. I mean, he's obviously a, a, a guy that when he gets going offensively um, can be fun, fun to watch. And yeah, I mean, if you can somehow, you know, take that, that, you know, some, some combination of guys to make a deal work, that's great. But I think I've mentioned in, in, in the past here, um, he's unique because he's at right around, I think 19.5 million, and so I think like one of the typical sort of packages that you would throw out uh, the Bucks using on him is like the, I think it basically the group that you would use to, to get Eric Gordon, which um, I, I haven't done the trade machine yet today, but I think when I looked at this previously, right, you'd say Grayson Allen, George Hill, um, Jordan, Jordan Wara, and like Serge Ibaka, right? I believe that group, if I remember correctly, adds up to only about like like 15 million which i think leaves you like a hundred thousand or two hundred thousand dollars shy of being able to match salaries for boyan bogdanovich so you know whatever bottom line is it's very hard to to kind of aggregate enough salary together to to make a move for a guy like that and the other piece too is it's just you know it's one thing in the summers when guy when teams have a bunch of roster spots to to make these like very lopsided Mm -hmm. trades but to do it in season i mean You'd have to, you know, the, the Pistons, if they're going to take back three more dudes and they're sending out or, or four more <laughs> like for that matter, like you got to wave a bunch of guys <laughs> like, you know, you, you can't just you can't keep all these dudes. Right. Or you can't just, you know, you can't just say like, ah, just keep those guys. And no, you have to you have to wave guys in order to bring in that salary. So, again, like I just don't think like logistically you're going to see the bucks pull off a trade like that where they're sending four or five guys out and you're bringing in like a 19 million dollar player it's just just really hard to do and i mean again like hey if john horse can conjure up a way to bring in boyan bogdanovich without giving up you know the 2029 first round pick i mean you just added a super talented scorer who 
I mean, coming off the bench would be a huge luxury to have, right? You know, talk about like, you know, Chris Middleton insurance, if Chris were to get hurt again or something like that. I mean, he's, he's going to be 35 soon. So I would caution against looking at him as like the, oh yeah, you can let, you can, you can trade Chris Middleton. You can get rid of Chris Middleton now. It's like, well, Chris is 31. Boyan Bogdanovich is 34 going on 35. You know, it's they're, they're, like in terms of building around Giannis Adetokounmpo, like the, you know, Boyan Bogdanovich is not exactly the ideal piece, but if you were a guy coming off the bench, like, well, that, that would be a great luxury to have. But again, it's just, I think it's a really tough move to make. And certainly at least the, in the signals being given out from Detroit. And again, things change quickly, at least for now, like the Pistons are playing this whole, like, Oh, we'd need to be, you know, we need a King's ransom to, to move Boyan Bogdanovich. He's under, you know, contract for a couple more years. And we love the way he fits with our younger, you know, blah, 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 blah. Right. Like, okay. We'll see if they really feel that way when push comes to shove. Um, I mean, they're terrible even with Boyan, so they may not need to move him to be in the, you know, to make a, a strong pull for, for Victor Wembanyama, but um, who knows? And I think the same goes for Alec Burks. You know, some of the intel that's going around is that, that the, the Pistons are also not, you know, looking to trade Alec Burks, which is weirder to me because it's like, what are you guys doing with that? What are you guys doing with Alec Burks, right? <laughs> you know, so I, Alec Burks, by the way, who stunk tonight, but has generally been very good this year, um, and and honestly been a solid uh, wing scorer uh, and a little bit of do everything the last couple of years, including some some decent time with the Knicks as well. But uh, but yeah, I don't know. Um, I I don't really buy why the Pistons would you know be hanging on for dear life and and driving a super hard bargain on Bogdanovich or. Burks for that matter. I mean, they got Bogdanovich for what a second round pick and Kelly Olynyk, I think. So it's not like they're, you know, they've sunk a bunch of assets into him and they have to save face. Um, you know, I, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised at all if there's some team willing to give him a protect, give them a protected first round pick for Bogdanovich, which, you know, you can turn him around six months after you get him for basically turn a second round pick into a first round pick. Like that's pretty nice business for a team that obviously is still building for the long term. So I don't know. We'll see what the Pistons do, but certainly they're a team to to watch given given some, you know, Bogdanovich principally, but also Burks and you know other other potential moving pieces that they have, which which could be of use on teams that that are actually trying to win ballgames. Uh very difficult to to get it done, as you pointed to, but uh, not only did he play with Brooke, but he played with Joe Ingalls. So they might be petitioning, say, hey, Horsty, make it happen. He's a good guy. He'll fit in this locker room. So we'll see. Uh we I, don't have I to think- wait. I think after the game, it was, uh, I think I saw George Hill, Joe Ingles, and Alec Burks all talking because th- those three also played together. Mm. So I I think, I guess uh, at, at, at some point, Bogdanovich, Burks, uh, George Hill, um, Joe Ingles, and I'm wondering if Grace and Allen overlapped during that mm. <laughs> Utah period too. So yeah, a lot of, uh, a lot of jazz connections um, in this game tonight for sure. Yeah, maybe Joe. Now, Joe's a very smart man. Maybe he said to Alec, listen, we're going to trade for you. Make sure you don't hit a shot tonight. We want to keep that price low. <laughs> See you in a couple of weeks. Maybe that was the play that they went for. Uh, one other story we did hear from this game. Now, we hear that, you know, Mike Budenholzer, he's a players coach. He lets these guys do things away from basketball. Uh, obviously, given the NBA schedule, there's not a lot of practice time as it is. But when you only have one day off between games and they're both games on the road and they're both in pretty similar cities, Cleveland and Detroit, sneaking down to Florida 
in a 24-hour period in between to go to Disney. I believe I heard that right, that Brooke Lopez snuck down. They're shutting Splash Mountain or something like that. And so Brooke Lopez went down to Disney and went on the ride six times, uh, which I don't know exactly what Splash Mountain is, but I think you're in a boat and you go down the thing, right? Is that down a huge... Yeah, I, I, I think I... Um... I think I did. I think I've gone on it at some point when I was younger. Um, you know, uh, the quote from Brooke was that it is definitely tough for me. I'm disappointed losing his uh, his namesake <laughs> attraction. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm seeing some pictures here um, of him holding the the NBA the the Larry O'Brien Trophy at Splash Mountain. <laughs> so. Um, so yeah, I, I I don't know. Uh, shout out to to Brooke though. Apparently it closed on January twenty third, so a very trying time, um, uh, in the Lopez household these days. But I I don't I don't know. I I thought I heard some someone mention of that, but I I didn't really catch the specifics of it. So hey, yeah. Brooke, if yeah, he Brooke is if Brooke is going down for you know that I don't know. I mean is that that's like a a, a death in the family, I guess, uh, for him. Um, hopefully you know they got the private jet. Uh, to to take him up and back, I I can't imagine Brooke is you know flying at seven feet in uh you know a commercial, but um with these Mickey ears on, <laughs> yeah, with his with his Disney Disney ears on. So uh, shout out to Brooke, but hey, I mean he didn't miss a beat. Twenty one points tonight on eight out of twelve shooting. So if you do that, you can do whatever the hell you want on your off days, I guess. Yeah, that's right. And uh, if, if, yeah, that's the ride. I guess if you're a seven footer, like fitting in those little carriages can be like challenging at times. And you get tossed around a little bit. Like it's not, it's probably not the smoothest uh, ride, the old Splash Mountain. So going on there six times, uh, less than a year after back surgery, he's obviously feeling pretty, pretty fit. But here's, <laughs> here's the question they were just in Miami for like four days or something, right? Like, th- could he not have like gone up to, Disney, to, I mean, I know he's got a house there. Like, well, I think he wanted to be there on the last. He wanted to be one of the last people to ride it. Okay, so you think he went back up to Disney when he was in Florida a couple weeks ago, and then he I had to go back so. again today? Yeah. Man. All right. Um. Hey, I love the Lopez twins, so I'm. I won't. I won't press it too much. But, um, you do you, Brooke. You do you. Yeah, no doubt. And shout out to uh, both Lopez brothers. Hopefully they're doing well at this difficult time. Uh, make sure you check out the Game to Gang podcast on your Locked On NBA feed as well. Uh, get a recap of all the games across the NBA from the local experts. We'll give you a little 60-second uh, wrap of what happened in each game uh, on the night's NBA. So it's a nice little way to catch up with all the games. You can get that on your Locked On NBA feed. That's Game to Game. Anything else, Frank? Uh, I mean, you, you mentioned briefly the, uh, the, uh, the Marjan Bochamp cameo mm-hmm. at the end. Um, fun to see him throw it on a couple dogs again, you know, not, you know, the situation, let's just say that, you know, I think everybody was, was getting, leverage. everybody was getting buck buckets against, uh, the Detroit Pistons tonight. But, um, you know, the first, first one, he misses a three, I think gets the ball back. I think it was Jordan Wara who actually gave him a nice pass. If I remember correctly. Um, where he elevated on the baseline for a nice dunk off two feet again. Really would like to see Marchand get more dunks off one foot. Feel like that's a little bit more effective in transition. But the second one, also off two feet, uh, was pretty fun too in transition. Thanasis looking like a, a Greek Magic Johnson 
leading the break, a little look away, and then uh, delivering the ball right uh, right in, in the, the – well, not the shooter's pocket, the dunker's pocket, I guess, uh, for Marjan to elevate and, and dunk. So, uh, so, yeah, shout out to the Rook. Not, not letting his head get down. He had a nice little step back three uh, mm-hmm. as well, which was, which was fun. So, again, um, we'll see. We'll, we'll see what this means, especially with Chris now back. And you kind of anticipate there's probably not going to be a whole lot of playing time for for the young guys. But again, I mean, if Wes Matthews is on the outs of the rotation and Jordan Wara is getting first quarter minutes, then uh, maybe there are still minutes to be won here uh, uh, in kind of on the wing rotation. So, I mean, come on, bud. Jordan Wara hasn't been that good lately. <laughs> like, throw the rookie a bone here give him give him a little bit of a look but we'll see obviously much much can potentially change which some of those back of the roster uh roster spots given the trade line line is uh, is drawing near have have you heard any other um are there any other were there any other kind of like real reports that were floating around that you can recall trade trade wise that bear mentioning i think we heard the knicks being interested, interested in grayson allen which you know i made the comment like i i definitely don't think cam reddish is like good value for Grayson Allen because Grayson Allen's like a, a good NBA player and Grace and Cam Reddish is just kind of like, he looks like he's, he should be a good NBA player, but he just like hasn't been. Um, so hopefully you wouldn't actually need to give him up. I think uh, um, Michael Scotto from the athletic mentioned that, that there were basically scenarios potentially out there for the bucks acquiring Cam Reddish without uh, having to include Grayson Allen, which, Hey, if it's Jordan Laura and Serge Ibaka, like, fine you know like i don't think cam reddish is good but physically he profiles well and he's still young and you know if you want to just basically take a take a flyer on a guy without giving up a rotation piece um i'd be fine with that but uh i think other than that you know we just continue to hear again just indications of interest in jay crowder um but it also doesn't seem like the bucks are gonna give up a whole lot for him but who knows yeah, we'll see. The Crowder one is is genuinely going to be interesting to see where, if anywhere, he ends up. I mean, I assume he goes somewhere, but uh, yeah, we just haven't heard or seen anything. The Phoenix Suns obviously have been through a rough patch and probably could have used him with some of the guys they've had out of the lineup as well. So we'll see what happens. Seven games to go before the deadline by my count, February 9. I'm sure we'll do more trade pods before then and hopefully get some juicy rumors to uh, at least break down uh, on the podcast. But we'll be back tomorrow. And uh, as you pointed to, Nuggets come into town. Jokic, Giannis, a little MVP marker game, perhaps. We'll see what happens in that one. I, for some reason, seem to believe or seem to remember the Nuggets coming to Milwaukee and having a fair bit of success and hitting a whole bunch of threes in recent years. So we'll see what the Bucs can do. Last there. year was bad. Last year was bad. They tried to like double, double Jokic and it was just ugly. By the way, in Jim Ozarski's story about Brooke Lopez and uh, Splash Mountain, uh, he cites... Robin and Brooke wrote it, quote unquote, like 18 times in a row from 2 to 4 a.m. during a 24-hour Days of Disneyland event in Anaheim. So because there's like a version, there's a version of the ride in in both California and um, Mm. Orlando. Uh, So that's intense. I don't know that there's any Disney ride that I would want to do 18 times, but um, at least he wasn't waiting in line, right? Just one back to back to back to back to back to back. 
I wonder how excited they get by the 18th time. Like, are they like screaming, <laughs> yelling? I don't, know. I don't know. Anyway, shout out to the Lopez brothers. They love it. All right, we'll podcast tomorrow in the lead up to this uh, Nuggets game and see if any other news comes out overnight. But until then, uh, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We really appreciate it. Drop your comments in the YouTube feed. What do you think of the Bucks getting back to uh, full health for this game? against the Detroit Pistons tonight and then we'll uh, catch you all tomorrow with another Locked On Bucks.